0: Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be favorite bands. And today we're chatting with Adam Gontier of St. Asonia for fans of 10 years through fire and the Veer Union. We'll be chatting about St. Asonia's new album, Introvert, Extrovert, produced, mixed, mastered by Anson DeLost. We'll get to hear the story about how all of that came to be and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end but first let's check in with our beautiful sponsors asher media relations doing public relations for everything loud for your band needs to be seen and heard in print online and radio head over to ashermediarelations.com that's ashermediarelations.com mention the rock Metal podcast and get your band noticed Syndical Music is a full-service agency for musicians offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicallmusic.com. That's syndicallmusic.com. S-Y-N-D-I-C-O-L music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. Adam, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Go ahead and say hi to all of our beautiful listeners. Thanks for having me, man.
1: How you doing, everybody?
0: Great to have you on and talk about this amazing records. So we've got Introvert EP, we have Extrovert EP, and then Spine Farm released the two of them together as Introvert Extrovert. We also have some tour information to chat about, both in the U.S. and in Canada. So this is going to be an action-packed interview. Um, I'd like to talk about the, the records first so we can get into the tour, if that's cool. Yeah. And you can check this as either uh, one or the other EP or together as a unit, but what was the greatest moment for you producing this record? And it could just either be one of the EPs or maybe, you know, the album as a whole.
1: Yeah. You know, I think getting just being able to get back in the studio and, and working on music was a big thing. Cause you know, the the couple of years that we weren't able to, to uh, you know, to leave our houses or whatever, to do anything that was, you know that sucked so i think it was the whole thing was really um you know making both the eps was pretty special just just because it felt great to get out and great to get back to doing what we love to do um yeah so i mean there were a lot of good really cool moments in making the album you know we had we had uh we had a guest on uh a song called chew me up on introvert um Johnny Stevens from Highly Suspect was a guest. And that was a highlight for sure, um, you know, making the two, the two EPs. But yeah, I think just in general, you know, being able to create music and, you know, we actually recorded it in person in a, you know, studio in Toronto and stuff. And that was, that was important to do that. So yeah, just being able to get out and actually do, you know, do music again was, was pretty awesome.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being benched for a couple of years, obviously sucks, but Mm-hmm. getting getting back together now as a result of that this material you mentioned going into a studio and 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 crafting it did you guys have a lot of material ready to go or did you guys just kind of save it until you were all together
1: yeah for the first uh for the first ep introvert we did have a lot of material just because like um being at home for those two years there was a lot to write about there was a lot going on there was no shortage of stuff um <laughs> to write about so yeah yeah there's a lot of material written for um the first uh ep introvert and then uh yeah shortly after we we recorded that i actually moved um from toronto down to nashville so for the second uh ep extrovert um i did a lot of co-writing with people down here and uh, got together and collabed with uh yeah just a bunch of different people in nashville so that was that was really cool and that was um you know, that's kind of the reason we called it extrovert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Very cool. And I mean, we could spend probably the rest of the interview just asking this basic question, which is working with people in Nashville. Take us through that. How different is that from working with people, say, in Toronto?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it's quite a bit different. And uh, just, I mean, getting together to write with somebody in a room with a goal of like writing a good song is always a little bit weird. Um, and I've always, I've always felt that it's, it's strange to be like, I don't know, to sit in a room and, uh, with a stranger that, you know, maybe somebody that you haven't met or whatever and sit down and try to be vulnerable and come up with, yeah come up with songs. It's really, it's really uh, a different process. So, um, but at the same time, most of the people that I got together with down here, um, I have known, uh, from the past and stuff. So it was pretty, it was pretty easy to do that. But yeah, it's always a little bit, a little bit weird uh, just meeting somebody for the first time and saying, okay, let's, let's write, you know, yeah. something super heavy and deep together when we haven't even known each other for like 15 minutes, you know?
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. not super deep and heavy, but let's do something super deep. and heavy. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: Beautiful. What was the biggest challenge for, you guys on this record and it sounds like the two records have quite a bit going on, but just, there might be multiple challenges, but what was the biggest challenge for you? Um, well, I mean, it all happened pretty,
1: pretty seamlessly. It was all, it was a great process. Uh, and, uh, there weren't many challenges. I think that maybe the biggest challenge was having Mike Mushok record his parts remotely, you know, and we've done that, uh, a few times now. Um, but it was especially, uh, necessary, just because the the pandemic wrapping up and all the stuff and him traveling was uh, a little bit difficult. So I think that was probably the biggest um, challenge for us recording was actually getting his parts and stuff to match what we were doing uh, in the studio. You know, and he was doing it from home from his home computer. So uh, that that was a bit of a challenge. But our producer Anton that we worked with is uh, super amazing at. Stuff like that. And he just, you know, he made it sound incredible. So
0: Yeah. So then that was the the mm-hmm. one missing body in those T dot days?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um Yeah. And it, we recorded both both EPs in in Toronto. We I mean the guys are I'm originally from just outside of Toronto and uh Kale and Cody live in uh live outside of Toronto right now. So it just makes sense to and Anton was up there as well. So yeah. It's a nice city. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's fun to hang in Toronto for a little bit.
0: Now, something that you were mentioning was, you know, getting deep and getting heavy and, and, and being vulnerable. So let's talk about some of the themes on this record. And we've got some themes from introvert and we have some themes from extrovert. Do they line up? What are some of the themes that are happening here?
1: Yeah. For for introvert, it was uh, a lot of the writing was done during the pandemic. So, you know, there's a lot of sort of um, just trying to figure out what, what we were going through what was happening so i I think introvert was it was all written from the perspective of sitting in in my uh little studio room there in peterborough not being able to leave and you know so yeah there's a a lot of that on introvert and extroverts i'd say it's a little bit more hopeful it has a bit of a has a bit of a hopeful vibe to it sort of you know just uh you know, it, when we were able to get out and start working with people again, and I, you know, did this co-writing and met with people and it was a different, different experience than the first one. So, um, but I think the themes, there's a lot, there's on introvert, there's a lot of loneliness and non extrovert. There's a lot of, uh, coming out, coming out of the shell a little bit.
0: As would be the case. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, doing a little bit of remote stuff, but doing working in the studio, um, any kind of unique equipment that you guys ended up using this time around? Anything to maybe surprise you or like some go-to pieces of equipment?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, well, I try to, I mean, when we are recording, we try to, I've always tried to just keep it simple. Even, even my live show is very, I mean, I just have an amp and a foot switch and, you know, I don't have a pedal board and also I just try to keep it very simple and I try, try to do the same thing. I mean, on the record flaw design, we did a lot of experimenting with, Different sounds and different different things, but uh, this time around for these two, we just wanted to be a little bit more straightforward. So, yeah, we didn't really mess around too much. It, it it's always nice to have your producer um, like open up different uh, different plugins and try different sounds on different things in different parts of songs. So there was a lot of that uh, when we had sort of recorded the the uh, the bones of the songs. Um, But no, I mean, other than that, it was, it was pretty straightforward. We wanted to keep it fairly simple, just get some good tones and keep it, keep it straightforward and simple.
0: Yeah. Well, something you mentioned was, you know, experimenting a bit more on flawed design. And I mean, I guess kind of like a follow-up question would be this time around, what was the desire to be more straightforward? Just.
1: Well, I think because for me, every, every record, uh, I, I always want it to be better than the last, of course, if, you know, that's the goal anyway. Um, and I think on flawed design, I definitely wanted to experiment a bit with different sounds and textures and some key parts and piano and stuff. And we did a lot of that. Um, and it just, you know, this time around just felt felt uh, felt natural to go back to just simple riffs and simple tones, and you know, try to keep it very, very simple. You know, so but it's always different. I mean, every uh, every album's different. If uh, I who knows where. You know, when we do the next one where that'll where that'll go, you know, it could be could be just no guitars and just all keys. You know,
0: (laughs) yeah. Well, something you mentioned there was, you know, simple riffs and simple tones. Uh, Does that come easy, or Was there a large amount of work in? I don't want to call it dumbing it down, but, you know, how did you go about making things more simple or was that the more natural? You did say natural, but how did that happen?
1: yeah it it was more more so and this is when uh, when your producer really comes in handy uh and anton did a lot of um like if it were up to me and i was- i would just i would just go for a distorted sound and then I'd probably be like, okay, that sounds great, let's just go, but there's a lot of time, yeah you know, he takes a lot of time and like we, like most producers do we're trying to make that sort of raw you know that raw simple tone and and sit with it for hours and make sure it's it's right. And it's, I think, all it comes down to sonically the rest of the, the rest of the band and the rest of the parts and the tracks and stuff, you know. So there's all that that kind of stuff that goes into it, which I don't really focus too much on. I just try to keep, keep it, uh, sort of, you know, low key for what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll chat about Anson, I think a little bit more later because I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of cool things that we can say about him. Let's go ahead and jump into the tour as far as i understand you've just gotten off of a u.s tour supporting theory of a dead man and skillet yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's right yeah it was a six-week tour uh, across the u.s um yeah supporting supporting two killer bands theory of a dead man we've i mean i've known those guys we've known those guys since the early 2000s when uh, three days grace first started theory was uh one of the first bands that ever took us out on tour so great friends of ours and great people and. Um, yeah, skillet—they're amazing. Uh, put on a great live show, and they're just very, very cool people. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a—it was an amazing tour. We were—we were very, very fortunate to be on it, and uh, hopefully, it goes out again soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, very cool. And then, speaking of yeah. Theory of a Dead Man, there are some tour information happening here in Canada, headlining, and I believe playing as well with Theory of a Dead Man.
1: Yeah, uh, right now, I think we are just doing the April twenty-eighth show in Peterborough. Um, at the Memorial Center, uh, yeah, the other shows that they're they, they are doing some headlining shows in Canada, I think. Uh, but I, I'm not 100% sure if we're going to be on the rest of them or not. I think we're still trying to work that
0: out. Okay, I just yeah. tried to just try to abbreviate Theory of a Dead Man and it says Toad,
1: that's right, yeah, Totem, Toad,
0: Totem, yeah, Totem, Totem Pole, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Okay, more to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsors. Two Madsen is responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years, from Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kipper Profiler packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer Expansion packs for programming drums. Two Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to twomadsen.com, that's twomadsen.com, T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N, click contact, Fill out the info for your next project and let two know that the rock metal podcast sent you. Wormhole Death is a modern record label, publishing, and film production company born in 2008. Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to wormholedeath.com. That's wormholedeath.com. Submit your band and let them know the rock metal podcast sent you. This is actually a cool question. Um, I've gotten all kinds of answers from it. Spiritual answers, not-so-spiritual answers, either way. Cause you've been through a lot you mentioned three days grace from the early two thousands obviously you know you've been on the scene for a long time um getting to know other bands like theory of a dead man and establishing relationships like in Nashville like you're doing now how would you define success though at this stage of your career
1: yeah that's a that's a good question for sure I think um after being after being in the industry for twenty years I think the success probably it comes with being uh, comfortable with yourself and with making music that you uh are making uh not for other people and you know for yourself. Uh I think it's it's pretty important to to not to not try to create music that uh you think that others think might be good. Um and that's I mean that's sort of what everybody falls into, especially after you sign a record deal and you, you have to sell a certain amount of records and get a certain amount of singles. I think now and it take, takes a long time it took me a long time to realize it, but yeah, it's just, I think success is being able to create uh, what you want to create and, and for yourself and for nobody else. And it's a lot easier said than, than done for sure. Especially in this, in this business, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. I mean, I still absolutely all the time. I I still, when I'm writing a song or recording a song, I'm always wondering if it's, you know, if it's radio friendly enough uh, or what are, what are people going to think about this lyric or, will this lyric resonate, you know, as much with, with people, that sort of thing. And it's, uh, it's easy to get carried away in that. So um, if you can get to a point where you're making music just for yourself and not others, uh, at least, I mean, you you, you do create music for your fans and people that love the band and the music and stuff, but, but there's a, there's a line to be drawn there, I think.
0: Yeah. When something you mentioned, it was challenging to create something basically without worrying about other people. And I think, is it, is it just at a certain point where you just know, like millions of people are going to hear this song and there might be some sense of responsibility maybe with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it is, it's, there's definitely a lot of pressure for sure. You put out, um, you know, at this point putting out songs, you know, a certain amount of people are going to hear it. And I mean, everybody wants, I mean, you always want people to like it, you know? So, um, yeah, I guess it's just finding that balance, you know? Yeah. Very cool.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Speaking of finding balances, turn around back to working with Anton, uh, just wide open question. Talked about working with Anton.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's a great, he's a great producer. He's a great guy. He's, uh, he just added a lot to, um, to what we, what we've been doing. And, um, he's got some really cool bands, cool work under his belt. Um, and he's starting to, to work a bit more and, and do different projects. So yeah, we're just, we're just fortunate to be able to connect with him. And, uh, you know, we all get along great and the, the camaraderie is there to be all have the same common goal and making a great record. And um, yeah, he's just really good at his job. And it, you know, there's, I mean, there's a, a lot of producers out there and a lot of guys that um, or people that do tons of great work. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just nice to find somebody that uh, knows what page you're on and, you know, shares the, the common goal.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a big one yeah. on the same page and sharing a common <clears throat> goal. Mm-hmm. is it uh i'm just searching the web really quick anton de lost anton de lost yep okay yeah he looks he looks super serious especially in this picture oh
1: yeah he's serious serious guy yeah no, no he's <laughs> not. we all look serious in our press shots right
0: mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. you mentioned being on the same page how was that I don't know, decided upon. Is that something that was picked up maybe in the pre-production, like the demo stage? Was that something that was a constant conversation?
1: No, it wasn't a constant conversation. It just, I I think more so in, maybe in the demo stage. Yeah. When we, we get together and we play, you know, we play all the music we have. And I think it's just from that point, it's pretty clear what, you know, where the direction's going to go. And, um, yeah, I mean, you talk about it throughout the recording process, uh, the individual directions for each song. But I think in general, it's just sort of laid out there. And when you're, when you're playing demos for everybody,
0: what's the number one thing that you would like people listening to the podcast to do right now? And that could be like, hit up your socials, listen to the record, buy a ticket. Uh, you know, I don't know, go meditate and think about happier days. Anything that you've taken, taken with Uh, you? I think, I mean, if there's, if there's anything I'd want to,
1: tell people to do in terms of the band and that sort of thing. I I just say, check out the the music. I mean, that's, that's, (laughs) that's the biggest, uh, that's the most important thing for me. I mean, that's why, that's why we do this and why we, you know, make music. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's the most important thing. So I just want people to listen to the, listen to the music and enjoy the songs and hopefully, uh, hopefully it sticks with them and, you know, that's it. And we we are going to be spending the, the rest of this year of 2023 and then into 24 on the road doing a lot of shows and a lot of touring. So, um, definitely, definitely keep, you know, keep your eye on, on our socials and our website and stuff and our tour dates and everything are up there. So yeah, be a lot of touring. Yeah.
0: Which reminds me the Canadian tour. I'm in Edmonton. I, I feel forgotten.
1: Yeah. It's not much of a Canadian tour. It's more of an Ontario <laughs> tour. Uh, you know, when you, yeah, when, <laughs> like being, being Canadian, it's obviously I know that, but yeah, when, when everybody, like your team is American, it's more to, to your team and management and, and label and everybody, agents, whatever they, you know, they consider it a Canadian thing. But yeah, the reality is it's a, it's an Ontario Quebec tour Yeah, for now, <laughs> just for now. I mean, not, you know, we'll be, we'll be at West a hundred percent.
0: For sure. Yeah, For sure. Yeah. Time for one more, if that's okay. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. What would the Adam today tell the Adam from 20 years ago, sitting there in front of the microphone about ready to record that song that was going to hit the radio for the first time. Mm -hmm. What what advice would you have for that Adam?
1: Um, Well, for one, get off drugs. That would be my first, (laughs) (laughs) honestly. (laughs) But no, I mean, uh, probably just, uh, just to take, uh, take everything like slow down a little bit because it was such a it was such a whirlwind right like we we had been a band for years and we were friends for years and before we got a record deal or anything and then you know in early like 2001 we got the record deal and and then it just like almost overnight it just it just blew up so we got thrown into the situation that we'd always wanted and we'd always asked for um but we weren't really ready for it we weren't you know? So, and for me, I was in a, you know, I guess I was in a pretty crazy place. I was using and drinking and, you know, partying. So it was a bad, bad timing, you know, sign a record deal in the middle of that was, was a little bit rough, but yeah, I think that the biggest thing is I I would probably say just slow down and, uh, and just take it all in and take a breath because it, it was, it was pretty intense, but things are, things are, yeah, things are great now. And, and, you know, that that time back then um, with them and when I was when I left that band, I mean, it, it was in a completely different, um, different state of mind and life was different. Things were, you know, I was younger and had a lot, had a giant chip on my shoulder. There was a lot, lot going on. So, um, yeah, for me at the time, I, I needed to leave just to be able to uh, try to get my my shit together. So yeah, things are, things are different now. I stay in touch with the guys a lot. We talk a lot. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think we've all grown up. We've all had, had kids and, you know, family life and that sort of thing. So we're, we're in contact pretty often and, uh, there's no hard feelings there yet. Yeah, we're all, we're all pretty, uh, Pretty close, cool,
0: so that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that number one thing that you had mentioned a little bit back there, Adam, was to listen to the record. Check out the socials. Check out the band on a tour. So go ahead and head over to the therockmetalpodcast.ca. There you can go ahead and get all of the extras from today's interview, the transcript, music videos, and as well those links so that you can stay in touch with everything. Saint Asonia. So, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on to The Rock Metal Podcast today.
1: Of course, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: That's it for this episode of The Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be chatting with Mr. Lordy of the band Lordy. They've got a new album out and I had the privilege of catching up with Mr. Lordy while he was on a long drive from the north of Finland to catch a plane down in Helsinki to go out on tour. Go ahead and hit subscribe in your podcast player. Share it with your friends and I'll see you next week.